thank you for downloading this in-ear entertainment podcast. You're listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets. Sonnet 93. So shall I live, supposing thou art true, like a deceived husband, so love's face may still seem love to me, though altered new. Thy looks with me, thy heart in another in other place, for there can live no hatred in thine eye. Therefore, in that I cannot know thy change. In many's looks, the false heart's history is writ in moods and frowns and wrinkles strange. But heaven in thy creation did decree that in thy face sweet love should ever dwell. What, whatever thy thoughts or thy heart's workings be, thy look should nothing thence but sweetness tell. How like Eve's apple doth thy beauty grow, if thy sweet virtue answer, not thy show. That was Sonnet 93, and I'm fairly sure the words were changing on the page then as I was reading it. <laughs> uh, I'm Mark Chatterley, and I am joined by the person you just heard, heard giggling, who is... Jerry Healus. There we go. I don't remember reading this one in my rehearsal. How bizarre is well, that? Well, you, you did want to record Sonnet 94 now, so you might, you might not have. I definitely, I remember the line, is written moods and frowns and wrinkles strange... But everything before that, I'm fairly sure, was different the last time I read it. So I've moved. I think I've sh- somehow shifted into a parallel dimension. That's the only logical explanation. I'm a slider. <laughs> just, just never forget the remote. Never, never forget the remote, and don't slide within a slide. That's no, no, no. Just, just you. You have to wait until the time runs out. Yeah. It's it's like that thing where you you've never heard of a word before, and then you query someone and go, "What's this word mean?" And they go, "What do you mean? That's a really normal word." And they explain it to you, and you're like, "Well, I've never heard it before." And then for the next week, everyone you know is using that word constantly. That happens to there, me. There is oh, I can't remember the word. There is a, a word for that um, psychological phenomenon. Okay. If you if you learn something new or you are in a specific situation, it just appears everywhere. It's kind of, it's, it's the same with the numbers game. Uh, if you become obsessed with 13 seven or, seven, or yeah. 13, you will see it everywhere. Isn't there one in literary works that's something like 47? If you look on the 47th page of most novels, you'll find the reference to the number 47 or something bizarre, equally bizarre like that. But of course, people twist it. So is it the 47th printed page or is it the page that's numbered 47 or is it 47 counting from where the story starts or from the preface or from yeah yeah and there are so many ways there's so many pages that could be 47 it's ridiculous silly 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 my favorite my favorite term that i like is deja vu is the feeling like you've remembered something that's happened before i think you're remembering something that, that you've never experienced before there's an opposite to that which is Experience, feeling like you're experiencing something for the first time which you've experienced lots of times and it's called jamais vu I really that's like that. pretty cool never seen instead of already seen yeah yeah so I, I really like that and and it's kind of a feeling that I can I, I feel like I can bring on at will I, I have this weird thing that I like doing where I can kind of force myself to look at a tree or grass or a flower or anything as if I've never seen it before and it's very it's a very cool feeling to be able to induce that is weird. A random, my one of my few random. I am going to call it a talent. It's my random talent is being able to look at something and go, "I've never seen this before," even though I know I have. 
Sonnet 93! <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I, I quite like this sonnet. It reads... Well, it looks easier than, than 92. <laughs> and that's how we're judging how much we like a sonnet, is on how easy it is. Oh, we can tell we're not academics. Well, we are. We are very professional. Oh, well, I didn't deny we were professional. I just denied we were academics. We should so try and publish a paper after this. <laughs> How modern movies link into Shakespeare's sonnets. Oh, wow. That, I think we should. But- Tom Cruise, the fifth Cylon, and William Shakespeare. <laughs> Bill Shakey. How he predicted every modern blockbuster. <laughs> uh, that would be awesome. We'd probably get some national coverage for that. I think we should do it. Um... <laughs> I quite like I quite like the end couplet on this. Uh, how like Eve's apple doth thy beauty grow if thy sweet virtue answer not thy show, I, and and just because it doesn't make sense. That's what I kind of like it because it's got the religious imagery in it. But how like Eve's apple doth thy beauty grow? Well, I suppose in the sense the beauty of the apple didn't grow. If you, going back to Genesis, it wasn't the beauty. The apple didn't become more tempting. The snake forced Eve into doing it so it, it's, a, it's an analogy that doesn't work because the apple itself it wasn't as if Eve was sat there looking at this apple and, and the apple over time became more tempting she was being pushed into something um, so it, I quite I, that and, and if thy sweet aunt, virtue answer not thy show but I don't care about that line I just like the Eve apple line I mean, maybe he just, he's just um, how like Eve's apple doth thy beauty grow because the, the the apple was kind of, well, the apple was the truth, but but God defined the truth as evil. Yes. So so maybe. Well, knowing what was right and wrong, that that was the, yeah that, was the, that that was evil. You you couldn't you couldn't different you you weren't allowed to differentiate to to have that knowledge yourself. God was the only one who was allowed to know what is good and and what is bad. Yeah. But but maybe that means that the the, the fair youth is kind of. Is is kind of evil itself, himself. Yeah, and then just just Shakespeare is kind of tricking himself into making the fair youth ever more tempting. I quite like that reading. That's yeah, quite it's nice because at the time Gnosticism wouldn't have existed or wouldn't have existed in any big public conscious way. The Gnosticism being that the snake wasn't necessarily bad. The, the snake was uh, the snake was a creature some say the devil some say other things but the snake was trying to give humanity the knowledge of right or wrong so it was actually trying to do a good thing and, and in doing so pissed off God um, and there are some other uh, that's probably a very very high level very generalised view and it's probably wrong on many many levels but that that view that what the snake did might not necessarily be bad wouldn't have been around at the time, and and at the time, it was Eve's sin, and and Eve's sin was both taking of the apple and then forcing it upon Adam, and it was Eve's fault, women's fault, women were the one to blame, uh, and that would have been very much the opinion at the at the time is that women were of men should serve men, uh, and they were the ones who destroyed paradise. Yeah, yeah. Well, they didn't destroy paradise. They 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 got us kicked, kicked out of kicked paradise. Out. Paradise is still somewhere. Yes, in in Utah, isn't it? If you're a Mormon, is it? Utah? Yeah. I was I was gonna say Idaho. Idaho. Oh, maybe it's Idaho. Utah. Idaho, Utah. One of the two. It's in America. If you're Mormon, 
if if you're not, it's it's nowhere else. Anyway, but I, I yeah. So it's on cloud seven or nine or whichever one it is. Yes, it's somewhere. It's somewhere mystical. But I, I, I just like the 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 link. I love religious uh, iconography. There we go. Thank you. I, I love that, and I love it when it comes into these things. So I just thought I'd focus on Eve's apple for a little bit. Doesn't mean Eve's Adam's apple, which would mean Eve was a, was possibly a man, mm-hmm. and and that wouldn't be good. Anyway, let's go back to Sonic eighty three and not Mark's random ramblings. What part did you like? I'm not. I preferred the last one. I think. Really? Yeah. You're weird. I am weird. I am very weird. Why? Why do? Why do you hate? Why do you hate this one? Why do you? Why do you forsake it so? <laughs> I don't hate. It just doesn't. It doesn't speak to me as much as the previous one. Okay. It, it just. It just. It's not emo enough. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't touch my soul in the same way. Just, just, just doesn't appeal to the uh, the teenage angst. Oh, fair, fair enough. I, yeah, his songs are a bit teen angsty at times. I did just, just within the series of um, the, the very angsty sonnets that we have, I can't quite figure out where this one places on the scale of being utterly in love and and hating the fair youth. I think yeah, it, it's it's painting the youth as fairly enigmatic. Egg, oh, enigmatic. Enigmatic. What is up with my vocabulary today? <laughs> um, the the whole. It's fine. You have you have the foreigner to help. Yeah, you. thank you. Thank <laughs> you. This is why immigration is a good thing. We should all have our own immigrants who can correct <laughs> us when we're going around. Um, but the the idea of um, in many's looks, the false heart's history is writ in moods and frowns and wrinkles strange. But heaven in thy creation did decree that in thy face sweet love should ever dwell. And the idea that the fair youth isn't even if he has all these negative things inside, literally cannot express them because by expressing them, it would destroy part of his beauty, and that's an impossibility. I, I think. Yeah, I guess it's a, it's an interesting juxtaposition between the uh, it's, it's, the, out, the the beauty and and just being a dick. Yeah, he 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 can be all the dick he wants to be, but that will never show on his face because I guess it's, I guess it's an interesting way of just just saying how how can someone so beautiful be so vile? Yeah, it's like a backhanded he, compliment. He, compliment. That was the word. That was the phrase I was looking for a couple of songs ago. A backhanded compliment is that it, it, on the surface it looks like he's saying that in thy sweet face love should ever dwell. But when you look at it in the context, it's actually saying you're a deceitful person, but you never show it. I, don't, I guess that's something that we still have today in our society. We 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 judge people by by their physical beauty, and we go. They they are a beautiful person, so, so obviously they must be good, good, talented, skilled, yeah. intelligent, whatever positive attribute we have. And 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 if you're not, well, if you're not beautiful or not not beautiful to to the standard that whichever society you're in has, mm. then then you you can't be a good person or a talented person or. Yeah, I, I, that self perpetuating as well. That is so. If you get a a room full of people who who aren't traditionally good looking, they will all still p- 
point out the traditionally good-looking people as the ones that they want to be with, the ones that they... And it's a very odd thing. And I'm, I'm sure it's it's uh, nurture rather than nature. I don't think there is this, or in very few people there's this idealised physical shape, hair colour, hairstyle imbued upon you as to what is beauty. I think that's a well, construct of... You, 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 um, I, not everyone, but, but some people do have a physical type. Yeah. They are, they are attracted to whatever they only like brunettes or they only like asian people or they only like african people kind of but what i'm saying is is i think people claim that correlates a lot with what is seen as traditionally good looking more than it actually does yeah yeah especially since there is no traditionally good looking because it constantly changed so 80 years ago having a curvy woman was considered to be uh, the the ideal to strive for and then which is what most men wanted and, and now yeah, it's yeah. thinner, and most men like thinner. I, and, and I suppose even in my lifetime, when I was younger, being ginger was awful. Ginger people were ugly. No one wants to be with a ginger person. And yet now, now I'm in my nearly 30s, people, being ginger is sought after. And and the media's kind of coming around slowly to this idea that ginger people are, are very attractive. And, and the public consciousness of, of beauty is shifting towards a kind of ginger recolor. I, I find it fascinating. It's it's very interesting. We should do a podcast. Just, they, they, you do, that, that helps with just, just um, celebrities, movies, famous people. You, you, you have Amy and Doctor Who was ginger and they, she just became, for, 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 for thousands of fans, she just became the ideal... Yeah. The companion. The companion and then just... Well, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that she wasn't attractive and beautiful, but she just the the, the media had someone to latch on to. Yes. Yeah, and that that then reinforces itself in the public consciousness. Yeah. Yeah, that's I very very interesting little segue we've had there about beauty. I think mean, I think that's quite good. I, I guess Shakespeare is kind of. Yeah, he's he's just stuck at that point now where he doesn't understand how how he can still be physically attracted to the fair youth and 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 not 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 be is mentally attracted. What's the word? Yeah, yeah, I I know what you mean. He's, he's not. It's it's a it's definitely a physical attraction rather than a mental attraction. And and he just yeah he doesn't understand how. I guess we still we, we still play on that today. Yeah, and I I find that just, just... a very hard concept to get my head around. But I I know of people who who don't find that hard to get around, and I know of people who will sleep with people they find physically attractive, even if they think they're a bit of a dick in real life. Whereas I can't divorce the two in my head. Yeah. No. I mean, I guess if just just a one night stand where you meet someone in a club, you take them home. You that there is no time to figure out if they're a, a, a nice person or just just a bit of a, a bit of an idiot. But if, as soon as you know someone for longer than five minutes, you just it, it becomes a factor, and for me, becomes a very big factor very quickly. I think. Yeah. 
Yeah. Maybe slightly out of the usual of how big that becomes with me. I don't I don't know. I I definitely have to like someone to to find them physically attractive. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. I agree, but I think we're probably abnormal in society for thinking that. I I I imagine. Yeah. Mm-mm. Sorry, just drinking coffee, trying to stay awake. Trying to stay awake. Wake up, Mark. It's it's the end of the week and I'm nodding off. Uh, and tomorrow I'm just going to sleep all day. Actually, no, you're not going to sleep because you have to pick me up from the train I station. Do. I get to see Thierry in person tomorrow. It's awesome, which won't be tomorrow for you. Will be like three weeks ago. It for will you. have been in the past. Yeah, which is weird. But th- but then we see each other again in 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 a week and a half or two weeks. <laughs> it's awesome. Thierry is overdosing on Mark. It's great. It's just. I mean, I saw you a week ago. It it's it's getting a bit much to be honest. It is. It is. I are you you'll stop sending me sonnets. <laughs> oh. Um, is there anything else you would like to to focus on for this sonnet other than I I like it and you don't? I I, I think I've I'm coming around just just the whole discussion about um, beauty and, and f- physical beauty and character personality. Yeah, He's, I kind of warmed up to the sonnet. See, I get there in the end. So, would you like to read it out? I shall endeavour to do so. Excellent. Sonnet 93 So shall I live, supposing thou art true, like a deceived husband. So love's face may still seem to love me, though altered new, thy looks with me, thy heart in other place. For there can live no hatred in thy eyne. Therefore in the... the, the what? <laughs> thy eyne is what you said. Thy eyne, yeah. That. It's fine. That, I'm sure that's what Shakespeare meant. Thy eyne. That, that should totally be how you say it. For there can live no hatred in thine eye, therefore in that I cannot know thy change. In many's looks the false heart's history is written moods and frowns and wrinkles strange. But heaven in thy creation did decree that in thy face we love should ever dwell. Whatever thy thoughts or thy heart's workings be, thy looks shalt nothing thence. But sweetness tell. How like Eve's apple doth thy beauty grow, if thy sweet virtue answer not thy show. Ooh. He just twisted sentences in this for just rhyming sake. Yes, damn, damn, Bill Shaky for doing that. We shall write him a letter. Uh, <laughs> that was Sonnet ninety three of Shakespeare's Sonnets. I've been Mark Shatterley, and you can follow me on Twitter at Ent. And I've been Terry Hillis, and you can follow me on Twitter at Sound of Seagulls. And we shall see you next time for Sonnet ninety four. So close to the big hundred. Bye. You've been listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets with Mark Chatterley and Thierry Hellis. This has been an in-ear entertainment podcast. To listen to other podcasts or find out more about in-ear entertainment, go to www.inearentertainment.com.